We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everyone, to the Tuesday, November 23rd edition of the Roto-Wire NFL Podcast, brought to you by WinBet. I'm Joe Bartle. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports, and here alongside me is Jake Kutarski at Road. Jake, before we get started with the podcast and going over all your waiver wire pickups for Week 12, let's get a word from our sponsors, WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Roto-Wire, it's making good decisions doing so, even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's news partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more right at your fingertips. If you want a break from sports betting, head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down on blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. While rapidly expanding at WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is offering all worldwide listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T, WinBet, the exclusive partner for our fantasy podcast. Hey, all right, Jake. So uh, Monday night game happened last night. Uh, yeah, of course. Not great. Buccaneers thoroughly uh, annihilate Daniel Jones and company. And honestly, it's what you'd anticipate every time we have to have stupid Daniel Jones and the Giants on primetime TV, which feels like uh, a courtesy. Like the East Coast people don't even want to see the Giants on primetime. Stop putting those stupid teams on games that we don't want to have to watch in primetime. Yeah, I mean, I mean. Any game that Tom Brady's involved in, right, is going to automatically jump straight to the front of the queue no matter what. It doesn't matter if, uh, you know, if it's Danny Dimes and, and and him having a bad season. I mean, maybe there were some higher expectations for him this year and, and for that team as a whole. But uh, I don't know. It, it, they look like they're in shambles, right? You got your head coach basically throwing Jason Garrett under the bus. Uh, Jason Garrett will be the head coach of the Bears by this time next year. We can probably count on that. <laughs> Um, and you know, no, it's just messy. the only thing is I'll take out of this week and I'll take out of this game that everything 
I needed to happen in a fantasy angle happened. Kadarius Tony did just enough. I was really encouraged by his volume. Now, of course, he he walks off real late in the game. They're looking at his hip, maybe. Of course, something else is going on. And you never really know with Tony when Sterling Shepard comes back. So, you know, I, I have I have a vested interest in Tony all of a sudden. And so I'm watching that pretty closely. And then of course, Mike Evans continues to have great games. Evan Evans Godwin. Uh, you know, Gronk was back. He wasn't super involved. I don't know really if there's much more than that. I mean, Leonard Fournette got vultured at least one time here. So I'm sure some fantasy players are going to be upset about that. But uh, but overall, I mean, I think this is the first week this year that I've gone a clean sweep in all my fantasy leagues. And wow. uh, and it uh, it feels really good, you know, to to get to get just what I needed. Now, my heavy, heavy exposure to Justin Herbert has a whole lot to do with that. Right. I will live. I've, I'm living and dying with how Justin Herbert did, does this year, and and it's been awesome this week, both through the air and on the ground. So hoping that can, can continue for him. But uh, yeah, so I'm just going to dwell on the positive and not necessarily that uh, that that atrocious game I watched last night. Yeah, I I wish I had that kind of positive. I mean, I'm I'm in 15 leagues, so it's going to be possible to do a clean sweep. I would say in most of the leagues I care about, which is five or six that are not dynasty. It was tough. I didn't have enough exposure to Jonathan Taylor or Austin Eckler or the Patriots defense or Justin Jefferson. So more or less, it was going to be a loss uh, in, in the situations. The NFC, the NFFC beat Joe Barta League. I'm in second place right now on the points, or at least I was. Mm-hmm. If I had correctly saved my stupid lineup, I had taken out Russell Wilson day of for Kirk Cousins thinking, yeah, Russ hasn't been very good. I, you know, I don't know about Kirk Cousins against this vaunted Packers defense, but he probably has more of a floor than Russell Wilson does. That's a 24 point difference. I will. I am sitting in third place right now in the points total standing. And while I did get the win, it is frustrating that I just didn't save that that roster choice and therefore lost 24 points, which is crucial in the NFC where I think it's top two or top three. Uh, move on to that. You know, that 200 million dollar prize or whatever it is when you get to the point scoring total. So I'm, I'm pissed about that. It wasn't a great fantasy week for me. I think I went like three for nine. I'm picking the spreads too. It was just, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to be done with football. Honestly, this is my vacation. I'm off this entire week. So I came in specifically to talk with you, Jake, uh, about some waiver wire pickups. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is feast week here. Um, you know, that's more of a college basketball term than anything else. Feast week, all the uh, all the daytime tournaments going on. Our Badgers are or my Badgers, at least they're playing uh, th- this afternoon here. And uh, but it's also feast week for fantasy football. And there are three Thanksgiving games to go to this week. So you're definitely going to want to wake up early. And uh, I mean, if you're one of those families that runs 5Ks on Thanksgiving, I feel very sorry for you. But you're going to have to wake up before that and uh and go ahead and get your lineup set and listen the waiver wire i don't want to i don't want to like ruin the show here but the waiver wire this week is uh there's really only a couple names that are going to be mainstream names and then i dig pretty deep to find a a few guys and then we sent some reminders about guys that are coming back so uh it'll be an interesting show but there are some pickups um I mean, I find myself in need of an RB2 in a couple spots and I got a name that can help fill that um you know people that were that are that are Murray and Jackson owners and don't quite know what to do or, or that need some quarterback help. Uh, you know, we've got some names there as well for you. So let's get to it. Yeah. You mentioned the 5k feast shout out to uh Rotowire's own uh, customer service and hockey guru, AJ Scholes, who will probably be running. It feels like a marathon on Thanksgiving. He and his wife do that every year. Uh, you know, shout out to them and uh, obviously hope their family's doing well for Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. Obviously we had talked about this, I think last week, but it's, 
Ali's first time meeting most of my extended family. So I'm, I'm excited oh, to have that as go. well. And that's in part why. But let's get to those waiver wire pickups you talked about with the quarterback position. Lamar Jackson hurt a lot of people with his non-COVID-like illness. He had practiced or he missed practice Wednesday, Thursday, practice Friday. Should be good to go. Oh, lo and behold, while I was on the wire Saturday, Lamar Jackson out, not playing. Okay, great. What do you do then? And I think there have been some pivots that you could find. However, Chiefs and Cardinals both have their bye this week. That's Mahomes yep. gone. That's Kyler Murray gone. If you're in a 2QB league, that's Colt McCoy gone, who's actually been pretty serviceable. And then you have Justin Fields, who's been banged up too. Uh, and we'll at least get some clarity with being that being the first game this week uh, of those early Thursday contests. So, uh, what's your what's your thought here besides Cam Newton, who I imagine most people will be considering at this point? I mean, I don't really have any thoughts besides Cam Newton. I, I mean, I got a list of streamers we'll get to, but I feel like we have to start off with Cam Newton. Now, he's 51% rostered in Yahoo formats as of Monday Night Football when I was typing this out. So he is just barely under our threshold, but he has to be your top, the top player you're looking for, I think. Um, now, granted, he had a pretty good matchup against Washington. They're dead last in fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. So, of course, he's going to look good coming off that game. But he goes on the road to Miami this week here, and the Dolphins are 28th in fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. Then you have to deal with the bye week in week 13. So, fair enough. By then, you're probably going to have Lamar. You're probably going to have Kyler Murray back. I mean, if Kyler Murray's coming back, I mean, obviously he's coming back, but uh, nobody expected the absence to be this long. And then right out of the bye, though, Cam Newton gets uh gets Atlanta, who are 27th against opposing quarterbacks. And, you know, week 15 playoffs, uh, the semifinals for a lot of people, or I mean, the quarterfinals for a lot of people in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, he's got Buffalo, but then it's bottom 10, 12 defenses the rest of the way out for Cam. So uh, the matchups look really great. Uh, I think the Panthers might even have delusions of being a playoff team. So, so you know, good for them. They're going to they're gonna be out there and competing. He seems to have some chemistry with some of these wide receivers almost immediately. So, uh I mean, he has to be the first name that you pick up. And, and, and you know, we'll get to a couple other names. But, I, you know, they, our, our graphic guy, you know, Alan, who you see on this YouTube channel, he asked me, who do you want for the uh, for the waiver wire show this week? And I was just like, man, it, it's so tough for names. Just throw Cam on there because he'll get a ton of clicks, right? Everybody likes to right. click on Cam. So uh, I, I had to at least give Cam a couple minutes because, you know, he's our poster boy this week. And I know people, you know, personally that, you know, couldn't start Lamar and maybe we're perhaps better off for picking up Cam. So, uh, you know, he's still, he's still got something. He seems to be revitalized with this, uh, with this, you know, coming back to the Panthers where he always wanted to be in the first place. So uh, it's an interesting asset. I think he can be productive for the rest of the year. Yeah. I don't want to say revitalized yet. I mean, he, he had Washington, which is the worst defense in the league right now. Mario and I had done the show on Friday and talking about Cam Newton's uh, production. And I, and I think we actually, Nailed it. Mario was insane. I was tweeting it all of Sunday. He was touting Jonathan Taylor left and right last week. And I was saying, I'm not sure I'd be willing to trade Jonathan Taylor. He's got the Bills defense, you know, last week, Buccaneers this week. You might be selling high on Jonathan Taylor after Jacksonville. Wrong, <laughs> wrong, wrong. Uh, Mario was insane. And another one of the things that he called, we had talked about the over under for passing yards for Cam Newton. Vegas had it at 214. And we both said, let's go the under on that passing yards. But it's pretty obvious that he could do a rushing touchdown and, and maybe throw her one or two more. And honestly, if Cam Newton is to be successful as a fantasy player, if he hits the over on his passing total, I'm sooner to say he's going to struggle. You know, whether it be more interception opportunities or the completion percentage is there or the Panthers are just uh, inefficient overall and it's kind of junk time production. I think fantasy managers have to be mindful. The upside of playing Cam Newton is the rushing opportunity that he gives you. 
while he went 21 to 27, I don't think most weeks that's going to be what he's capable of doing. So you're hoping for the rushing yards and not Justin Herbert, eight for 90 rushing yards, like you got the benefit from, <laughs> but like the 60 yards and two touchdowns, that's what you kind of need out of Cam Newton, basically a bigger, bulkier version of how Jalen Hurts has been producing for fantasy managers. And I'm not sure that's always something that can be repeatable against better defenses that can kind of stack yeah. that box. Dolphins aren't that defense, though. So I think for next week, exactly. Cam Newton is at least a, a QB1. I think mm-hmm. like maybe like 9, 10, 11, I think he's QB1. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not necessarily saying that Cam and the Panthers are going to have outstanding real-life results either, but it's going to fill up fantasy points for you guys, even if he does throw a couple turnovers. That might even set him up uh, better game flow-wise in an almost Jameis-type way. So, uh, hey, listen, he, he's going to be the guy, but I, we do have to look at a couple other streamers that might actually make our threshold here now. The first name that I wrote down was Maddie Ice, and I know after what happened against New England, that's tough, but he's 50% rostered, and he heads to Jacksonville this week. So, you know, I guess if there is a strength on that on, on that terrible da- Jacksonville team, it would be defense over offense, but still, it's a fantasy team that you pick on in general. But the other one I want to mention that I'm a little more interested in is Mac, Mac Jones of the Patriots. Now, he's only 40% rostered. He has the Titans this week. And again, Titans are similar to the Jags in a sense where, you know, their offense is going to be very questionable the rest of the season. And in theory, the defense should be the strength. But we did, we definitely didn't see that last week. And, uh, and you know, Mac Jones is looking like he's, uh, he's growing up before our eyes. He's making the most of uh, what doesn't look like great weapons. They have a very nice emerging run game. Uh, he seems like a guy, too, that... Uh, you'd be interested in picking up and and maybe holding on beyond this week just to see if some of this develop some of this tangible development that's really happening this year can carry on into the fantasy playoffs if you're if you're in a bad quarterback situation uh we'll get to your quick hitters and streaming real quick but i actually think this is a really relevant question from jay red who asks he has joe burrow and russ wilson do i start one of them or do i go get Delton or Heineke, he follows that up by saying Maddie Ice and Mac Jones are available. So let's play this out in a different way. Joe Burrow, Russ Wilson, Maddie Ice, or Mac Jones. I, I think at this point, Russ Wilson is like QB 24 or 25. Until he actually turns things around, I'm not playing him whatsoever. I'm not going to drop him, but I'm not playing Russ Wilson whatsoever. To me, this question is, do I play Joe Burrow against the Steelers defense, Maddie Ice against Jacksonville, or Mac Jones against Tennessee? Yeah, I'm probably sticking to uh, to Burrow in this situation. I mean, what do they have? The Steelers, and I believe uh, you know we just saw. Now, listen. A part of the reason that Justin Herbert cooked the Steelers so bad is you know Micah Fitzpatrick was missing. There are other defenses on there. Yeah, and um, and Cam Hayward kind of got hurt towards the end of that game too. So that'll be something that'll be worth watching. Um, but I would probably just roll Burrow. I, I really like uh, you know what those guys have available. Um, you know, Matty Ice is an interesting option. Um, but I don't know. So, Matty Ice is a guy that I think you cycle through, you know, a bunch of different guys, and Burrow's a guy that you keep for stability, and it's easy because he'll be fine the rest of the year. I like his weapons. I like that team, you know, more than he's shown lately. So uh, I, I'm going to lean Burrow in this dilemma. Uh, Dalton's yeah. out. No, no interest there. Right. Um, even against the Lions, even even if he is playing, and even no, if no, that's why that's why he asked Matty Ice or Mac Jones are also available. So to me, it's yeah. th- it's that question as opposed to Dalton or Heineke. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I was just looking at Mac Jones while you were putting up the question. Unfortunately, he does have the bills in, in two of the next four weeks, and he has his buys. So maybe he's and the not Colts, too, I think, right? Yeah, and the Colts. The Colts are technically – they're 29 against opposing quarterbacks. True. They're not lighting the world up. 
part of that is they get out to such a lead and, you know, make other teams one-dimensional, so I'll give them that. But the Titans are 30 against opposing quarterbacks. So, you know, I, I guess I stand corrected on myself from earlier where I thought Mac Jones would maybe be good rest of season. But, you know, on paper, he's really looking like more of a streamer this week for sure. Um, okay. I guess to answer, to answer that question, I actually – I wouldn't want to drop – Burrow and I don't want to drop Russ Wilson. So if you have to drop one of those two, then I'm just playing Burrow. But if you do have a free roster spot available, I think I have Matt Ryan ahead of Joe Burrow this week against Jacksonville. Uh, It would really, really be dependent on Patterson plays though. If Cordell Patterson is available, I'm playing Matt Ryan over Joe Burrow. If he's not, it's Joe Burrow all the way. And I, you know, I don't want to spend much more time on that, but I do think for listeners out there, you might be debating on a few of these quarterbacks who were obvious starts. And again, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray aren't available this week because they're on bye. You might have to kind of consider a few of these different streamer options. And I think that kind of fits into the play. Real quick, uh, Jake, who are some other low-end streamers that maybe you could consider a little bit? Yeah, I mean, listen, there aren't they're not great names, but I, I wrote down, you know, again, if you like torturing yourself with Trevor Lawrence, he's at home and he gets the Falcons this week. So that's a pretty good matchup on paper big ben seems like he's back he's only 23 percent rostered he's at cincinnati heineke i mentioned 15 percent rostered home against seattle hasn't looked too bad and i think uh you know sneak peek for later in the show we're actually finally going to get logan thomas back this week you know we've been speculating <laughs> yeah. that for for weeks and weeks on end here you know put him push him right to the end of his window and then i mean Rod Taylor didn't look too terrible this past week and he's only six percent rostered and he has the jets at home so um for your two quarterback leagues, you know, maybe you have to dig deep. I, you know, I'm pretty sure in my 12 team super flex to Rod Taylor is still out there on the wires. So that could be an option this week. Obviously I'm not sitting Hertz or Herbert, but uh, you know, if you're in one of those super flexes and have Mahomes on a buy, uh, you know, I guess that would be an option there too. Yeah. That's actually an interesting one. I, I kind of like Tyrod Taylor more than uh, most of America seems to be letting on at least with that Texans offense and, and more or less the defense so bad, got to be passed the ball more often. And I think he is at the very least, not the bottom fantasy quarterback this week. There's a lot of other guys that are down there instead of Tyrod Taylor, but uh, very specific situations. We're going to go ahead and starting him before we move on to the running backs. Let's get a word from our sponsors. Yahoo. The NFL season is heating up and Yahoo's going big on daily fantasy football this season. There'll be a ton of big prized contests throughout the year on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest, now being shark-free. To celebrate Yahoo going big on DFS as well as Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free, Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in-site credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 site credit offer to join any paid contest, including Yahoo's biggest contest, the weekly $1 million DFS NFL Baller Contest. The weekly $1 million contest features obviously $1 million total prizes, including first place to receiving $100,000 and tons of overlay in prizes. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. Okay, last week, running back wise, we talked a lot of Ramondre Stevenson. That was dependent on Damian Harris. Of course, Harris plays. Stevenson gets almost 70 rushing yards, outrushes out Harris, doesn't score a touchdown, kind of different from a, a fantasy perspective. A.J. Dillon had a pretty good game, but I think game script, unfortunately, forced him to be less than uh, viable. Jordan Howard, Boston Scott lost their value with Miles Sanders returning. And my boy, Deonta Foreman, drastically disappointed as the Titans lost the Texans mm-hmm. last week. Wasn't a good day for running backs overall. Let's turn it around this week, though, uh, and mention at least Michael Carter being out at least the next two weeks with a low ankle sprain, not high, low ankle sprain. 
I love that they that, clarify that now. That's like changing it. And I think it's because of fantasy that they do clarify that. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely true. I mean, we'll have to see how long Carter's out. That will be more or less dependent on, on what his actual ankle injury is. But either the case, we have Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson. They're both now in the mix. And Tevin Coleman was a popular 12th round and later candidate for my teams, at least especially, thinking he's going to be the starter early on. And he was, but he was so gosh darn bad that he is almost irrelevant and probably available just about everywhere. Ty Johnson had been mixing in with Michael Carter, getting a bit more usage, but it's going to be interesting to see how the Jets operate. And it's possible Zach Wilson could be returning this week too. Yeah, so this is uh, this is very interesting. Now, you look at the box score right away, and you think, okay, Tevin Coleman got most of the carries. He even got a target in the passing game. So he is uh, he would be viable, you know, because he's a name more people recognize. But I really think that Ty Johnson is the man that you want to look for uh, if you're going to get a piece of that Jets backfield. And in half point and full PPR leagues, I'm going to be okay dumping. I mean, I'm at the point in my year where – I need wins to make the playoffs, right? And if I only have $12, $15 in fab, I'm throwing it all out there. And, you know, if you're not a quarterback needy team where Cam Newton could help you, I think you could argue that Ty Johnson is probably the top pickup overall. Now, he might be behind Coleman and shares. Now, again, the Jets' backfield this week was basically even thirds. All thirds this week, so there wasn't uh, there wasn't a really standout guy. Coleman got the carries, but it's Johnson that gets most of the passes. Uh, he was out on the field for 18 pass snaps compared to 14 for Coleman, and he and he only got one carry. So maybe some people will be off him, but I'm pretty sure that uh, this is uh, the Ty Johnson week here. Now, uh, you know, lo- looking at the uh, the rest of season schedule, or at least the schedule in which uh, in which uh, Carter is expected to miss. These next two games are pretty nice. You know, he's got Houston this week at Houston and then uh, and then home against Philly. So the next two weeks now, week 14 against the Saints started the fantasy playoffs for many or last chance to get into the fantasy playoffs for many others. I'm not starting in week 14 here, you know, unless something crazy develops and he ends up being great. But these next two weeks, Houston and Philly, uh, they're great matchups. They're bottom 10, you know, against opposing running backs in both standard and uh, let me double check PPR. Yep, bottom 10, both standard and PPR formats here. It doesn't really change a ton. Um, so D- Ty Johnson, I think, on a on a real, real barren week for waiver wire, I think Ty Johnson is one of the few guys that uh, is worth highlighting and profiling and picking up. Completely agree with you on just about every level. Let's turn our attention to Washington. Uh, obviously, we've had Antonio Gibson, like, basically have his complete foot mangled right now. He's got a broken heel. I feel like there's different ankle injuries that he's been dealing with. He's Wait, been banked up. heel in addition to a, a fractured shin? Uh, maybe I was looking at the shin. Well, <laughs> okay. at this point, we don't know. The way that, that Washington's operating with Antonio Gibson and the injuries that he's had to his foot just in general, it's bad. I mean, at this point, I almost wonder – is it time for Washington to mothball Antonio Gibson, who is a really good player when healthy, get him completely rested, and then go ahead and put uh, J.D. McKissick or I think Jarrett Patterson too uh, as their as their operating backfield, especially in a lost season. I think McKissick, what I think we, we have in the rundown, 50, 55% rostered at yep. the moment. He would still be more of the PPR guy in the instance that they did mothball Antonio Gibson, or do you think McKissick is getting – carries on top of the catches i mean mckissick had as many carries as patterson did sunday they both had seven carries and so that's very interesting now of course uh mckissick was on the field for 14 passing snaps compared to six for patterson and eight for gibson but again it's a very tough week for for waivers and i'm you know i'm grasping at straws a little bit here but i saw that mckissick was only 55 percent rostered and i think he's going to have a big uh, you know a, a, a productive 
down the stretch run here. It'll be similar to last season, you know, when they don't have Gibson or I, I mean, come on, you have to shut down Gibson, right? I know he's a young guy and, and he's a running back and, uh, you know, you can argue about the value and the longevity of their careers anyway, but you really want to run him into the ground before his third NFL season by making him tough out a broken shin. Now, maybe maybe he's the toughest guy in the world. Maybe he's in the front office's ear every week saying that he really wants to play here. But again, I, I don't see how they can continue to do that uh, if they have any interest at all in looking towards their future here. So uh, McKissick would be the guy. And I see them, you know, we talked at the beginning of the show, dead last in uh, fantasy points against the closing quarterbacks. They're going to have positive game scripts for the prototypical third down back. So uh, McKissick would be one name that I'd be looking at. And I think he's perfectly flexible from here on out the rest of the way. I just don't think McKissick is getting those red zone carries. And that's kind of where Antonio Gibson for as much of the struggles as he's had running the ball He's been very valuable in that sense. 14 red zone carries over the last two weeks. He scored twice against the Buccaneers, didn't score at all against the Panthers, but would have salvaged a good fantasy day if he had. I think that's where Jared Patterson kind of mixes in. So fantasy managers, like if you pick up McKissick, fine. Understand he's not taking the full load from Antonio Gibson. This is not a true one-for-one backup type of deal. And that's where Patterson probably factors in more. Is he effective in the red zone? I have no idea. I mean, this is Patterson's a sixth-round rookie statistics would say, no, he's, he's probably not going to be able to be that good. Just keep that in mind. If you are going after McKissick thinking I'm speculating the, the backup for the Washington franchise with Gibson being mothballed, not, not quite, I think a one for one comparison. Uh, I want to turn our attention. I, I, to- I want to say that out of the 45% leagues he's available in, I, I would be guessing that most of them are standard formats here. So, uh, you know, obviously yeah. a lot less valuable in standard formats. I mean, the, the guy caught, uh, you know, he had 110 targets and caught 80 balls last year. Now, again, he he was the guy for most of the time. I'm just saying he can be productive here, and it's a guy that I'd be looking at. Okay. I want to turn our attention to a little bit of breaking news that occurred uh, just moments ago in the podcast. The Texans have announced they ha- have waived, we have, we have to say waived, but released Philip Lindsay, uh, which is, I thought, surprising initially. And then I look at our rundown. He had just one carry while Rex Burkhead, of all people, took 18 carries in the win over the Titans this past week. I have no idea how bad the Texans can mangle something, but this backfield has been really an eye-opening, ugly experience. I'll just say, Philip Lindsay to the Packers, book that one. Can guarantee you he will sign with them for probably (laughs) minimum money. Hey, we we lost Kylan Hill. I think there's nothing better than having a back-to-back 1,000-yard rusher as your third-string guy. Guarantee you Philip Lindsay is going to the Packers. Doesn't have much fantasy value. But let's look at the Texans situation. Oh God, they're gonna love it, the Green Bay. It, is it now Rex Burkhead as the top back in in Houston? Listen, I can't really get. I, I do everything I can to avoid going on the air and telling people to pick up Rex Burkhead because he, <laughs> he teases you for one week and then he goes away the other week. Now he wasn't even his eighteen carries were on forty two point two percent of the snaps, uh, whereas they, you know, David Johnson had thirteen carries on fifty four point seven percent of snaps. So if you're going to go out there and you know hold back the vomit and start a Texans running back, it's probably has to be David Johnson on a week to week. I don't think Burkett's can sustain this, but he does get a line item in this show because eighteen carries just can't be ignored. No, I I completely agree. And David Johnson, I, what got seven carries or yeah, 13, yeah 13, I'm sorry. Carries, thirteen carries. Okay, so David Johnson was around. I mm-hmm. I don't know. If you're trying to generate trade value or compensatory pick value, 
It's not on the guy like Rex Burkhead. You can maybe convince me that David Johnson's going to attract some interest by other parties next year if he has a good end to the season, but it sure as heck is not going to be Rex Burkhead. So I don't I don't get what the Texans are doing. I haven't got what they've done really for the last two years. Their offseason was awful to me, and a lot of people try to tell otherwise saying, hey, you're signing you know veteran guys and you know build them up for compensatory picks. Clearly, if you're trading away Mark Ingram and releasing Philip Lindsay and you're you signing other awful special teams guys. There's no real concise plan here in Houston. I think we're kind of seeing it play out, even though they did get the win against the Texans or the Titans last week. Yeah. And I'm looking at Jerry's backfield breakdown right now. And it does, you know, David Johnson, of course, got the start, but there wasn't a clear game flow that dictated either player being in. Both of these guys rotated throughout the game. Jerry notes that he had that both guys played at least 31% of snaps or greater in each quarter. So both of them saw action throughout the game. There wasn't like there's a there's a running and there's a pass catching back. These guys were uh, trading off here. So that so that's also interesting too. You know, we can't just write off Burkhead's performance based on oh they were down 30 points the whole game or they were up 40 points the whole, you know, some so that is interesting there. I do want to talk about the other backfield in this delightful Houston, Tennessee game from Sunday, uh, because it's very interesting. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, Jeremy McNichols was the top pick. I, I you know, I uh, mm-hmm. foolishly dropped like 60 in Fab and him in, in one, and it just never, it never panned out. And uh, of course, he was inactive this week with a concussion. And we always said with Jeremy McNichols, listen, when they have a positive game, or I'm, I'm sorry, a negative game flow. When they're down by a lot of points, he's going to be the back. His Adrian Peterson's not going to learn to catch passes suddenly. You know, Foreman maybe can, but it's not his bread and butter. Um, McNichols will be the guy that they use when they're behind and they're playing catch-ups. Well, now granted, of course, definitely, he misses the game with a concussion. They bring up Dontrell Hillard from the practice squad. He ends up getting 63% of snaps while Foreman and Peterson were both under 20%. And also gets 10 targets. So seven carries, 10 targets. That's 17 looks for Dontrell Hillard. Those would have been McNichols' touches had McNichols been okay. So that leads us to an interesting dilemma. Are you actually going to go out there and pick up Dontrell Hillard? Or do you find the person like me who rage-dropped McNichols after uh, spending you know, <laughs> 60% of your fab on him, and you pick him up and add him to your team then? Because, I don't know, it's a little bit interesting to me. Uh, that maybe you go back to this uh, kind of a, an in-season post-hype sleeper, if you will, uh, in McNichols. Now, um, we don't know for sure he's going to clear concussion protocol. I don't know his personal concussion history. I'd be lying if I did. Um, so, we'll, you know, you need some to that. And, of course, they have the Patriots this week, which isn't the friendliest of matchups here. And then they're a bio right after that. So there's not a ton to like uh, when you talk about those things. But I just wanted to touch on the t- Titans' backfield, what happened here, and uh, basically, I mean, what could have been, you know, if this would have been a McNichols game flow. Interesting. I like the capitalizing on the in-season post-hype sleeper type of move. That that was a good phrase. And I, I agree with you. I'm all in on uh, Jeremy McNichols over Hilliard in that instance. I'm assuming McNichols will be healthy. But you're right. The upcoming matchups make me uh, kind of want to gravitate away from that altogether. Real quick, Quadri, uh, Allison, you know, I... Got the majority of the carries again for the Falcons with Patterson injured. Say that again. Up off the practice squad. I said, I mean, he led Atlanta in Thursday's massacre. Now, not maybe maybe not a ton of value here in terms of if Cordero Patterson comes back. Uh, you know, Allison can basically be relegated to nothing. But this does make the point that if you haven't cut Mike Davis yet, you probably can because a healthy yeah. Mike Davis didn't see any. He would get like three carries in in that game. Something and, like that. You know, they use their practice squad guys so. 
clearly something's not right there and uh and uh he can he can safely be put back in the waiver pool yeah cut mike davis and also cut wayne gallman who actually got carries the week before when Patterson was hurt and then they inexplicably moved away from Wayne Gallman too. I think that Falcons backfield outside of Patterson is completely and utterly worthless. Let's turn our attention to the uh, wide receivers. We had pumped uh, MVS, MVS just a little bit towards the end of the podcast with the understanding that, hey, if Alan Lazard's out or whatever else for the Packers, that might be a good pickup. Michael Gallup, too, especially after Amari Cooper was placed on COVID-19 reserve list. Uh, interesting guy. Unfortunately, I was burned horribly by Marcus Johnson in my deeper leagues where I had to go ahead and pick him up. He had zero catches. I don't know if I had to target. Jamal Agnew, who I think is now injured. But Darnell Mooney, hey, he was a, a good option, obviously, with Allen Robinson inactive for that contest this week. I think we have to turn our attention to, I don't know, Van Jefferson. I mean, he's under our threshold. Um, and and with that Rams bye week, maybe there are a few people that were having to make hard roster choices and releasing the Rams second wide receiver made the most sense. Question mark? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the thought crossed my mind for a second in one league, but I just couldn't do it because I like Van Jefferson. 46% rostered. You know, neither of us, I think, were particularly high on Odell Beckham last week. So, uh you know, you take with that what you will. And, uh, you know, maybe Beckham gets more involved here. But this is a Rams team that I will reemphasize the same point as the last couple of weeks. They use three wide receiver sets, um, you know, since Everett, you know, moved on. You know, they still have Higby. They, you know, kind of they kind of originated, you know, having the two tight end thing be your base formation. But that's changed this year. If you look at any kind of graph of snap counts, uh, you know, by the Rams receivers. So Jefferson will be out there on the field, you know, uh, Stafford did like going into going to him in the red zone in a couple of the games that I watched. So, so that could be interesting too. And uh, you know, I just generally like him as a player. Now I do want to backtrack a little bit because Marcus Johnson, I don't think that was a bad call. I just think he got injured and it stinks, you know, and, um, and the same thing, you know, looking back at some other guys, Elijah Moore is 58% rostered here. So he's above our threshold, but should still probably be a name that you look up. And uh, I, I really like Gallup on Thanksgiving, you know, cause they're, he, he'll be wide receiver one. Against yeah, against the Raiders. He'll be wide receiver one in that offense. And uh, Over CeeDee Lamb? Well, is CeeDee Lamb going to play? He bashed his head pretty hard on the ground, and it's a short week. Well, I, I, just so people know, CeeDee Lamb is a non-participant in Monday's practice, although that's one yeah. of those they like map it out, don't actually do it, give a, like an estimation. I, people might not have been aware that C.D. Lamb okay. got injured against the fair Chiefs. Enough, fair enough, fair Amari Cooper, who will not be coming, likely not coming off the mm -hmm. reserve COVID-19 list because he was unvaccinated. You need at least 10 days. Uh, we've done that song and dance with Aaron yeah. Rodgers before. So you're right, Michael Gallup. I just want to reiterate, Michael Gallup could be wide receiver one for both those instances. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Gallup and, and, I mean, Cedric Wilson is the next guy that we have to bring up because uh, he's only 2% rostered, so he's pretty much universally available. Um and like I said, listen, in the, if the NFL pretends to care at all about concussions, um, I mean, CeeDee Lamb bashed his head on the ground, and then they have a third week or a short week here. So he has to sit. I mean, maybe he can miraculously clear protocol. I always remember in high school, we would always like they would give us these big, long cognitive tests, and we would always try to do really bad on them the first time. So we had a low baseline, and we could out outsmart the thing and uh, and, get, and get cleared and not have to miss a game. So I don't know if there's an NFL version of that necessarily. Um, no way. There, there's literally <laughs> no way they use that same listen, system. Hey, listen, I wouldn't be shocked here. Um, but anyway, uh, so, so I mean, you got Gallup wide receiver one, uh, Cedric Wilson wide receiver two, um, Dalton Schultz will probably be heavily involved as he was, you know, he was targeted quite a bit 
uh, you know, when I was watching that game on Sunday. So he'll probably be involved too. But uh, I started Gallup last week to very mediocre results. I'm going to start him a lot more confidently this week. And also think that, you know, maybe Cedric Wilson's eating a turkey leg by the end of the day too. Because, uh, you know, he's he's shown in bursts when any one of those three guys or any one of those top two guys are out that he can have good games. And, uh, you know, now you got two of the top three out. He's suddenly going to be on the field for 70, 80% of snaps and could really make a difference there. Yeah, it's worth pointing out the Raiders are the fourth best team against opposing wide receivers from a fantasy perspective. And then bottom third, actually like the fifth worst overall in opposing running backs. This could be a pretty big Zeke and Tony Pollard game. That he's, being it's okay. I mean, he did get a little banged he's, up. He, he was a limited participant estimated in Monday's practice. Did uh, you see his injury? I mean, it, it looked bad at the time. He got rolled up on and, and the ankle looked like it just, but. Oh, I'm, and they're, they're actually, they, they have it listed as the knee injury, which he had. Uh, re-injured throughout that game. So I was surprised to see him come back into that game is all I'm saying. Okay. Well, I guess real quick, uh, Michael Gallup, pretty obvious start if you're able to pick him up. I actually think in deeper leagues, and I'm thinking like my 14-team league uh, with a bunch of other experts out there, and you, you have to start three wide receivers and two quarter, or, I'm sorry, two running backs. I, I will have an automatic start for Cedric Wilson. He is going to be an automatic pickup and play for me with the understanding that CeeDee Lamb probably isn't playing. Amari Cooper probably isn't playing. The number two wide receiver in the Cowboys offense, despite going against a pretty good pass defense of the Raiders, is still a good enough play for me. And so long as Tyron Smith is healthy, which I'm not sure if he will be or not for that. Yeah, that's another shaky one. We're not sure. That would that would help against Crosby, who is one of the better pass rushers in the league right now. I think Cedric Wilson is a pretty much automatic start in deeper leagues. Real quick, Jake, a few other wide receivers. MVS had his big game in large part because that 75-yard touchdown, which came far too fast. Knew that right away when it happened. Uh, Darnell Savage dropping his 37th interception this season. Confirmed that they scored way too fast. And obviously the Vikings ended up winning for the first time ever on a uh, game-winning field goal. Never happens except against Green Bay. I was so ready for Vikings kicker shenanigans, by the way. Just It would never happen against the Packers. Yeah, I mean, just Vikings kicker shenanigans is a real thing. Yeah, uh, just not against against Green Bay. But anyway, yeah, MVS, totally fine pickup, though – um, I think you almost need Lazard to stay out for him for MVS to be startable. Otherwise, he's going to be a boomer bust. Does he get the 80 yard catch or does he not get the 80 yard catch? And that will determine his fantasy value on a week to week basis. It'll be two or 12 points, and it's a dangerous, risky game to play. Completely agree with you. Um, what about the Titans wide receivers? You mentioned Marcus Johnson getting hurt, Julio's on injured reserve. Uh, AJ Brown got injured in that contest as well, too, against the Texans. Uh, it's uh, not that I'm trusting Tannehill with guys like Westbrook and Nikki Hines or Chester Rogers, but you might have to go that route if you have AJ Brown and Marcus Johnson not able to play. Yeah, this is a real, real big reach for the deepest of the league. I guess it would be Nick Westbrook at Kane. Um, you know, maybe Chester Rogers gets a couple PPR looks in a similar vein as like Tajay Sharp has been getting for Atlanta when, you know, they run out of bodies. So, um, you know, it's a name for the Titans. I don't feel necessarily that great about it, and I think they're they're going to try to go. You know, they'll try to use their running game. I get. I, I mean, this Titans offense is so depleted on weapons. I don't know right. what's going to happen. I assume AJ Brown will be back, but if Brown suddenly goes down, uh, I think Westbrook Akeen is is wide receiver one there. So uh, something that you know maybe we want to think about too. I also I noted him late, but Traquan Smith is only four percent rostered. And over the last few weeks, he's got 15 combined targets. So again, if you're if you're a deep league looking for a flex and, and need a guy, maybe you burned all your fab on McNichols like me, or maybe uh, you know you, you don't have any left for one reason or another and can't you know can't get a guy like Gallup or 
or Wilson or, or, or Ty Johnson to flex. You know, these are some of the guys you're going to be looking at. Yeah, I guess I would say Cedric Wilson is a play over every one of those players that we mentioned, uh, provided CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper are not out there. I think he's going to be more relevant. Mike asks, uh, should he start Schultz over Noah Fant? And I know that we're not quite in our tight end, se- tight end section yet, but you had mentioned Dalton Schultz and the, the workload he had got once CeeDee Lamb left that contest. I think that's an interesting play. Like I, I might go the Dalton Schultz route over Noah Fant, and this is somebody who has Noah Fant in probably four or five different leagues right now. Yeah, I mean, you're talking to me too, one of the biggest uh, Noah Fant lovers. Although I, uh, I perhaps absent-mindedly turned down a trade for him a couple of weeks ago. You know, I don't need to get my personal business there. But uh, no, I would, uh, given the situation in Dallas and the fact that Schultz has been around all year and Dak seems to like him. Um, I could very well see making that move. I wouldn't fault anybody for doing that. Um, Chargers second worst defense against opposing tight ends, though. Ooh, okay. So that 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 maybe makes things interesting. Um, I think if it were me, I'd still be I'd still lean on fan. I, I'd kick myself if I you know I, I I'm waiting for fans big big game, and you know I'd probably kick myself if uh, you know I, I I let that pass by. Um, and you're I right, say, Chargers are are terrible against opposing tight ends. But man, that's this is actually one of the most difficult questions that I can remember yeah. getting on the show this season because you could make a great great case either way. Um, you know, looking at fans' volume over the last three weeks, you know, six, four, and seven targets. You know, I'm I'm gonna just conveniently overlook the double digit targets from a few weeks before. Um, I think it's safe to say that Schultz will get more volume. And I trust Schultz's quarterback play a little bit more. So, oh man, maybe I am leaning Schultz, but this is like the only one. This is like the one and only week where I could I could actually bring myself to make that move. The circumstances we have the perfect cocktail to do this. I think uh, it's one of those you can't really go wrong. You know, maybe maybe Schultz scores three more points over Noah Fant in the PPR league or something like that. I think both are going to be more than serviceable, which you can't normally say about tight ends. Um, but I, I would rather go with Noah Fant for the upside potential than Dalton Schultz uh real, real quick Will Fuller possibly I, like I don't know where are you at with Will for Will Fuller I, I, he's easily dropped in any league I had him previously but I could see the case with the upside scenarios for him that maybe you want to uh, speculate for him rest of season that's maybe like if you have an IR spot and uh you know like a zero dollar pickup and you're really string and you're really having a tough time for keepers maybe you take a gamble pick them up at zero dollars and, and can maybe keep them for that in, in next years but I don't know Devontae Parker is also getting close to coming back here and Waddle is seemingly emerging as the guy I don't think there's room for three wide receivers in this Dolphins offense but uh I, I don't know for the same reason we mentioned Josh Gordon or something on a podcast I feel like Will Fuller's a name people recognize and we don't want to just overlook him entirely, even if it's to say we're not too excited about him. He's probably not back this week, but maybe week 13 he'll be sneaking back to uh, to potentially help out some fantasy players. Any other uh, wide receiver news that you want to handle? I mean, listen, is it time to cut Calvin Ridley? I'm in a real tough spot with this because he doesn't seem like he's any closer to coming back. The Falcons' whole season is a lost cause, right? I'm even in a keeper league where I have him for $34 on a $200 budget. And, you know, I get a maximum of two keeps. I've used one. But if I cut him, somebody could pick him up for zero, one, five, whatever, and keep him next year. So I'm in the tough spot where I really need the roster spot, but I don't want to give somebody else an easy keeper. But 
what does his future hold? You know, nobody really knows at this point. Will he be back and ready to go, you know, in full capacity at the start of the 2022 season? You know, your guess is as good as mine here. And uh, I, I, I don't know. So that might be the toughest one. If I'm if I'm stressing that hard and still thinking about cutting Ridley in that type of scenario and that type of format, I think in your standard 12 and 14s, you can probably say goodbye, right? Yeah, I think so. In in your keeper league situation, I'm holding on to him. But in most leagues, 10 and 12, I think 14, you're still holding. 10 and 12, I'm cutting Kelvin Ridley. Uh, and and hopefully um, he's able to help out his mental situation and return to the field this season. But we don't know. And I think it's okay to kind of let go with that and have somebody else deal with that roster spot potentially. So yeah, exactly. uh, before we, I mean, before, yeah, don't, don't confuse that. I'm wishing the guy all the best. Yeah, no, the, I know. The I know. situation works out, but uh, it's just a realistic dilemma that we're going to all have to face that many people that one twelfth of every fantasy league is going to have to face here over these next couple of weeks is roster spots tighten up for the playoffs. Real quick, before we dive into the tight ends and streamers, let's get a word from our sponsors, Thrive. Thrive is back for another season of fantasy football, and they're running huge guaranteed contest each week this NFL season. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Here's how you claim that subscription. You go to visit uh, rotowire.com slash thrive, deposit a minimum of $10, and then receive a 100% deposit bonus back up to 100 Play in your first paid contest, and therefore you'll receive a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Again, ro- uh, visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Deposit a minimum of $10. You'll receive 100% back up to $100. Play in your first paid contest, and boom, free six-month RotoWire subscriptions. Also, let's get a word from our sponsors, quick from BlueWire. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we're back. Jake, let's let's combine the tight ends and streaming defenses because we're running a little bit low on time. I'm ready for my vacation to really get started this week as well, too. Uh, and honestly, other than like Logan Thomas, who we will talk about, tight ends overall, kind of a lame spot from a fancy perspective, especially after Adam Trotman appeared to sprain his MCL done for the foreseeable future. Dan Arnold was a bust. Uh, we're talking about like real fringe tight ends already. Uh, and other than Logan Thomas, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Thomas has to be the first guy you looked at because despite our repeated warnings over the last couple of weeks, he still only sits at 52% rostered. And that just gives you, uh, you know, an idea of how scarce and how valuable these roster spots are. Um, now, we had a, a listener question in the chat here. What can we expect if Logan Thomas is good to go? You know, assuming this week he gets cleared to practice like, uh, you know, like we assume he finally will. I mean, you can expect possible tight end one rest of season, right? This is a guy they gave a huge contract to, and, you know, he played the first three weeks. He scored two of the first three weeks, and even in the week he didn't score, he had five for 45. One of his touchdowns was against the top 10 uh, tight end defense in Buffalo. And, you know, remember, Fitzpatrick only threw six passes, right, to start in his very first game, and then it was Taylor Heineke. So, uh, you know, nine of his receptions, maybe more, you know, I'm not exactly sure the week one distribution off the top of my head. Nine of those receptions were from Heineke. So the quarterback change shouldn't uh, affect him too much. And the other thing that's very interesting, looking at his game log, um, I'm, I'm, I'm viewing PPR formats um, now through the fantasy championship, week 12 through the fantasy championship. Every single team is in the bottom eight uh, against opposing tight ends. I mean, Seattle 25th, Vegas 30, uh, Dallas 24, Philly 32, Dallas 24, Philly 32. So he's getting the team... Twice in the playoffs, you're getting the worst team at defending tight ends in the entire league here. So I feel pretty good saying that. Listen, barring any setbacks, barring any injuries, I think uh, Logan Thomas can absolutely be a tight end one for the rest of the season upon his activation. Yeah, we've spent plenty of uh, bandwidth discussing discussing Logan Thomas in the past. I guess I'll say DeGuara caught his first touchdown for the Packers. Uh, Third-round draft pick in that vaunted or at least well-discussed draft class for the Packers. And yeah. he's been the most disappointing one out of all that group. I, I Largely missed- due to injury. Yeah. He's back. You know, he missed the whole rookie year due to injury and missed some time earlier this year as well. The thing I want to say about DeGuara, which was interesting to me, is on his touchdown pass, he was not open. And Rodgers still took a chance and threw it to him. I didn't see. He maybe had a step or two tops, but there was a very, very small window to get that ball into that window. And, uh, and DeGuara came through. He caught it in tight coverage and uh, that's going to be good for uh, helping you know Rodgers with uh you know his confidence in his rapport. Real quick, give me the uh, top streaming defenses this week. This is pretty ugly. I guess um <laughs> that's not good. All right, so you okay, you flip your coin and you take your Bears or Lions, right? You know, the Lions are the home team mm-hmm. and they may be facing Dalton. Um the Bears whose you know defense has had a lot of injuries. Um you know, they're at Detroit, which, you know, they could be facing Tim Boyle. So uh, I guess I'm going to lean on the Bears, 23% roster. I'd like to pass rush a little more to maybe get some sacks there. But home team, over under 41 and a half, give you something interesting to watch on Thanksgiving Day, um, you know, when you're trying to escape whatever family situation you got going on there and watch football instead here. So uh, I, I guess give me the Bears this week. Otherwise, you know, listen, the Texans and Jets play each other. The over under on that game's 44 I don't have a ton of great analysis here. You know, bad teams are playing bad teams, so it's tough to pick out streamers. I mean, the Jags and the Falcons are playing this week, mm-hmm. but that over-under is a little bit larger there. Um, you know, watch the injury report, but I think 
I guess in general, I'm going to have to lean on the Bears. Okay. I guess I'll say this as a, a homage to the Thanksgiving weekend. Hopefully everyone listening to these podcasts as they're driving to, hopefully safely driving to uh, their different holidays throughout the week. My dad has always told me there is one Super Bowl each year for the Lions, and it's not in February. It's in November. It's because they'll never get there in February. But I do think like the, if there's one game that you can see the Lions playing out, really fighting hard, it's this Thanksgiving game. Why we continue to have to watch a team that gets four wins a season as our first game on Thanksgiving? I don't know. Thanks, guys. We could we could be done with that tradition. I'm, I'm okay with that. But because we have to continue doing so, this is their Super Bowl. I actually think the Lions defense, if you were ever really, really hating yourself and had a stream of defense like that, you mm-hmm. might be able to get by. I'm not saying Lions are going to yeah. go ahead and get uh, Patriots 32 points. Yeah, I was do think to, uh... the Lions could be okay. Yeah, I was listening to Jeff and Liz's show before, you know, on my way into the office today. And Liz has a fantastic rant about maybe using the Lions in Survivor Pool because the odds have them. He has the whole thing. The odds, he did it all mathematically with everyone's going to be on the Bears probably and, and you know, projecting out the whole thing. And, you know, if you're in a giant a giant pool and you want to win your pool destiny. this week. Yeah, the team of destiny. If you want to win your pool this week, the Lions. I mean we're really stretching out to make this lions bears thanksgiving game interesting you know especially if it's a dalton boyle uh super show here uh you know we'll see what happens as the week goes on but uh you know they're the first ones first ones kicking off and uh i don't know i'm gonna be watching it for sure so uh listen hope all of uh hope all of our listeners listeners families Everybody out there, all of you, Joe, all of our colleagues, have a uh, wonderful Thanksgiving, probably the first normal Thanksgiving in a little bit for a lot of people. Um, and, uh, yeah, hope everyone stays safe, gets to eat a ton, gets to watch some football, maybe a little college basketball, and uh, enjoys Feast Week. Uh, absolutely. Well said. And reminder, everyone, because games start Thursday, your waiver wire might have changed in your league, whether it be Tuesday or Wednesday. We do like the stake league and invitational leagues, which pick up on Thursdays that gets moved to Wednesday. Make sure you check your settings after you've listened to our podcast, said all of our thanks on Twitter and say, Jake, Joe, you're great. Check your settings right afterwards to make sure the pickups are there. And, you know, like, like Jake said, uh, drive safe, have fun, get to meet your family, uh, might be a while. I know at least it is for mine uh, and have a good time. That's what this is supposed to be about. Don't worry. If there's one time I'm going to say this and I will be one time, don't worry about your week 12 fantasy lineups. Those games on Thursday, they're going to figure themselves out and you will have success Sunday. I could promise it. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back in next week. The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com